Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Tech Cat Show. Now, this year's theme, and I say this every week, has really been virtual reality. And we've been talking about augmented reality and just how everything is being disrupted by this new way to um, observe and absorb content. And so today's guest is leveraging virtual reality in a way that hasn't really been done before, at least in the way that he's doing it. And so I'm very excited to interview today a good friend of mine, Frank Chinjama, who is the chief content officer and also the founder of the Virtual Film School. And he's also an adjunct professor at Chapman and has taught um, web video um, all over uh, Los Angeles at various schools. Um, very well known for that. So, Frank, let's have a hand, a big tech cat hand for Frank Chandamo. Woo! <laughs> Woo, self clapping. So, <laughs> so, hi, Frank. Tell us, um, tell us a little bit about yourself so we can set the stage for the Virtual Film School. I just want to begin by saying that you only heard one person clapping there, and yes, how sad it is that I was clapping for myself. <laughs> Not that sad, really. <laughs> but let me also say that Lori was clapping as well, but because she is a, a cat, you, you couldn't hear the paws, you know, coming together. They're too furry, so. Oh, my gosh, we're in the cat skills now. Okay. <laughs> All right, so, so Mr. Chindamo, tell us, tell us about your background. Uh, well, I started as a, as a filmmaker. I went to NYU undergraduate and to, uh, to Columbia University for my master's in making films and what only ever amounted to be in short films. But that was okay because I was able to sell a bunch of them, you know, as a student and then as a professional to HBO, to Showtime, to MTV, PBS, CBS, Playboy, Comedy Central, you name it. And I was just like the guy in New York that made the short films for the cable nets. And then um, how did you make your way to Los Angeles? I uh, will refrain from using the standard joke of, I took a plane, uh, <clears throat> and say that uh, the shorts on cable were starting to fade as they were doing more and more promos. And so this new thing called the Internet was happening. And so I got hired by a company in California to produce a movie that was also an internet series called Love Bites. Oh, yeah. I heard of Love Bites. I remember that. That's yeah. exciting. Okay. And then what, what happened next? Um, well, one of the things that happened was I became the Bachelor of the Month on Match.com, so I got <laughs> a date out of it. Great. <laughs> uh, but also, that series, because it was uh, it won so many awards, it was... It premiered at the, the DigiDance Festival at uh, Sundance, and um, it led to me getting a deal with Sprint cell phones to start making fun little movies, which is my company, to start making these fun little movies for cell phones. I started doing that in 2003. By 2004, we had a channel uh, of, on Sprint, to, which lives to this day. And uh, by 2007, I was on the cover of Forbes magazine and a front page in the LA Times. And you were really one of the, the, the first people to really be looking at web content in a different way, like really exploring video 
in on different platforms. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I was probably the first or one of the first people to make a full-on professional comedy series for the web. And one of the first people, no, actually the first person to be doing them for uh, mobile as well. So I've always been kind of at that cutting edge with kind of, you know, fun little content. And, and in terms of, you know, what then happened, because we all know about YouTube influencers and the explosion of YouTube and, you know, now it's so normal. Was that happening alongside of what you were doing or it came a little later or how did those worlds kind of interact? No, uh, back in those days, there was a thing called the walled gardens where if you had a sprint cell phone, you could only watch sprint content that was provided to you by sprint, right? Or Verizon, the same thing. Nowadays, YouTube and you know sites like it, but primarily YouTube, are the cross-platform, ubiquitous, free service that basically killed all the wall gardens of video. Right, right, right. I remember that expression, and that, and also we would call it like Verizon's deck or Sprint's deck, and it right. was all all their own wall gardens. Right, right, right. And that world, of course, is totally gone. So, yeah. and and alongside of that, were you teaching? Because that's really your your thing has been for so long is really kind of famously teaching web video at many of the uh, universities throughout Los Angeles. Now you're an adjunct at Chapman. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you're going to be at Loyola actually teaching with me shortly. And you've pretty much had a presence at most of the major universities here. How did, th- how did that happen? Was that alongside of your professional experience? Um, yeah, it was because uh, in addition to, you know, running the mobile channels, it's just so great to be able to teach and to be able to work with young people and to be able to, um, you know, collaborate on ideas and syllabi and all that kind of stuff. So, Back in 2004, I started as an adjunct at USC in the cinema school there, and that's in fact where I met the folks from Sprint, so I'm very glad that I did it. But I've also taught at UCLA, at, uh, as you said, currently at Chapman, um, where else, Uh, the Columbia College Hollywood, which is uh, not quite at the level of those other film schools, let's just say. Um, I call them the Trump University of Film Schools. <laughs> well, and, 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 and in that case, when you were teaching and you were also creating web video, uh, you know, the video that you were doing, um, did you notice a difference in your students? Like, have your students changed from when you were first teaching to now? Is there a different, um, you know, set of understanding? Because these kids now are growing up with YouTube being normal Right. And all this new tech and, and all these digital natives. So have you noticed a real evolution in the student? Well, yes and no. Um, the yes part is that more students are able to use a camera, more students are able to edit. They understand sound a little bit better. In other words, the production aspect of things, that's getting better and better. And so you're seeing better production values in student films. That's the good part. That's so cool. I, I, and I would have thought um, also that they're coming to the table, maybe having already shot things, and you're fine-tuning them to a certain extent. you know, I told you the good part. The bad part is this. The bad part is that film schools are training these students to make these short format, 18 to 20-minute grand theses films that are very (laughs) expensive, right? Right, right. The real world has no interest in that. There's no market for 18 to 20 minute one-off 
films like that. So in, you know, in a lot of ways, the bad news is that there isn't a lot of change that, that, you know, if you look at the 80, 20 rule, you know, back in 2004, 2005, I had a student named Freddie Wong who would wind up becoming Freddie W and, and just a huge success on, uh, on YouTube, uh, with shows like rocket jump, um, video game high school, things like that. He's got two series on Hulu now, giving him a plug there. My favorite is called Dimension 404. Okay, enough with the plugs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so uh, Freddie was on the periphery. He was, you know, the 20 as opposed to the 80, or in his case, you know, he was the one uh, that first started doing web video back back then in those years. But to this day, it's really the minority of students who are doing web videos, a vast minority of them, even though they all watch them and many of them are fans and that's where they're consuming most of their content. Almost none of them, very, very few, probably less than 20%, maybe closer to 2 to 5% are actually making web videos on a regular basis that aren't just, you know, crap. And so is is your class then pushing your students to what is actually viable in the marketplace? Right, exactly. I'm teaching uh, classes like at Chapman. It's called The Art and Business of Web Video. And so there you're trying to create something that's artistic and wonderful and very film school-y and great acting and all that stuff, but also stuff that has a business behind it. It's a renewable business. It's it's a sustainable business, to quote Bernie Sanders. Um, and I, I'm looking at some of the stats that you sent me, and it says that 75% of young people are considering a career in the online video industry. So is that class at Chapman always packed? Uh, because, uh, you know, everybody wants to major in this or study this? No, that's the thing. Again, film schools are different than that 75% of kids. You see what I mean? Film schools are really uh, training students to create these, you know, long narratives. Now, what their focus is, is on creating, um, you know, TV series and uh, big budget feature films or, you know, maybe some still independent films. Um, But that's their focus. You know, my focus is on creating things that are short, quick, fast, sustainable, and can make money. And those are two different things. You know, the, the, the odds of you selling a screenplay, um, you know, one in a million. The odds of you getting to, you know, sell your, uh, your, 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 your spec script to television, you know, one in a hundred thousand, I'd say. So that's great. You should do that. And it's a great skill to have. And that's cool. But I feel you should also be learning how to do this YouTube stuff, how to do this new money stuff, how to make money and create things that are sustainable. That's the world we need. You know, I love that because that's actually the purpose you're going to college for. And rarely do you see college courses that are actually connected to the professional world. And that's all I do. I bring in pros just like you know, I'm your pro today, you will be one of my pros at one of my classes. Don't worry. Right. You bring the outside in, which is the tendency now with with universities. You and I were talking about the stat that like 80% of all professors are adjunct now Uh um, because an adjunct meaning coming from the outside 
employment of the university to bring in that fresh thinking. So you're you're sort of disrupting what used to be film school, basically. Well, I am, but honestly, most of the adjuncts, just like most of the faculty, are people who are in their 60s that made their success in the 20th century, and they are <laughs> conveying their successes and their formulas to the film students, and that's why the film students are creating, you know, these archaic media that uh, I feel could be modernized. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to tell you how we're doing it using virtual reality. Oh, my God. I love that, that you set me up for the break. All right. Well, we've been talking to Frank Chindamo, who is the founder and chief content officer for the Virtual Film School. He's been giving us the download on the status of film school and web video and where it is in the future, where are all, all this young talent and great content that we're all consuming is going to be coming from. So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show with the Frank Man or the Chindamo. What do people call you? Um, Look at virtualfilmschool.org and I'll be happy. (laughs) Okay. All right. We'll be back in a moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we are back on the Tech Cat Show, and I have been talking to Frank Chindamo, who is <laughs> who's the founder and chief content officer for the Virtual Film School, and we were just talking about the future of film school, what's working, what's not working, and how web video is sort of you know, mashing into it and and how can you make a living in this space? And I know, Frank, you've done so much video, you've won so many awards and you've worked with a lot of famous people like Peyton Oswalt and Ray Romano and Rosie O'Donnell, to name a few. And I know recently, Chaz uh, Palmieri. So um, you really have this strong background in, um, you know, real world and now giving students the opportunity to do that. So where did virtual film school come from? You know, how, how did you get there? Because, because I know you've been frustrated by the traditional model. Yeah, exactly. So, so as I was saying in the, in the last segment, you know, you would think that as you said, you know, 75% of young people want to be YouTubers, right? 
So you would think that there would be a lot of courses in this. There would be a lot of demand for it from the students, but there's so little of it. There's such the periphery of it that I said, I'm going to create my own school and it's going to be a new media school. It's going to be a new media centric school. And the best way to deliver it is not in an old brick and mortar institution that you've got to pay rent on. You've got to water the lawn and all that kind of stuff. Right. And I wanted to create a virtual university and there are plenty of courses taught at multiple universities, uh, 600 courses taught at multiple universities around the country that are taught online. Zero of them are film and video related. And, and that's because it's too hard to do? Or why is that? Well, that, that's certainly part of it. But because they're very visual media, and if you look at, you know, let's say Georgia Tech, For example, they have 4,000 students in the school and they've got something like 40,000 students in their online university, right? Yeah. It's a great model for them because the the brick and mortar students are playing, you know, 60 grand a year or whatever it is. Uh, The uh, online students are paying only four grand, but they make up for it in volume. So they've got two really nice streams of revenue there, right? Yeah. But those are just, check this out, those are just a, a camera pointed at the professor while he's talking. That's it. Right. That's all it right. is. So, so it's not, not engaging. It's not engaging, and, and, you know, hence the cost, but you can't teach film and video and YouTube and sound and podcasting and VR itself using a medium like that very well. It's, it's, it's not all that great when you do just in a regular classroom with a chalkboard. So, so hence virtual film school. So how, how is this going to work? Well, uh, you can be in Paris or, or Pakistan or Peoria. It doesn't matter. You just strap on your VR goggles, which are soon to be untethered and soon to be, you know, basically just large sunglasses, right? And you put those on, you sit back, you, and, you know, you, you, you log in and now you are in a virtual classroom with nine other students and the professor can be in, you know, Mexico or Michigan, doesn't matter. And he or she is teaching you using a virtual blackboard, using a virtual screen, using a virtual selfie stick, using virtual cameras, using uh, the ability to write in thin air, the ability to walk around something 360 degrees. Imagine that now as your well, classroom. So is it like Second Life where I'm an avatar and I'm inside of the classroom with the teacher or am I just watching them but I feel like I'm inside of this environment? Well, you, B, you feel like you're inside of the environment because you are inside of the environment. <laughs> right? You can walk right. around as well. And then you can talk to other people that are also taking the class? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. See, that that to me, that is where it's at. Because I, in, in all these different VR models that we've been talking about for the last year, and this is not a VR podcast, but it has really become one because every category of business is kind of zoning in on this, on this solution, this, these types of virtual content. But um, being able to interact with other people in these environments is really where it's at because when you think about film school don't you need crew you know and other people to work with you on things yeah that's true but here's the thing um 
you are more likely to be able to get your friends and family wherever you live to come and help you with stuff than you are to get the other film students uh, if you're from out of town, right? Right, right, right. Town, you are very limited in your resources, right? Right. But like I went to film school in New York City and guess what? My mom could come and do the craft services and my stepdad played chauffeur for the crew, right? He was our right. transport captain, <laughs> right? <laughs> and and um, the house and used my cousins as extras. And how how is this actually going to work? I mean, um, will people enroll and just pick up a Samsung gear? You know, like, or are you going to be providing them with the technology access, or will they go to a physical building? Uh, in, in their neighborhood or something like how how does how do you envision you know people actually doing this okay not a yes b not c so <laughs> no you want to go to a particular building you just have to have good internet service and we can even help people in rural areas with uh internet service uh a yes we'll be providing the students the headphones the you know the headgear because if we don't then we can't have Sally working on one thing and Jose working on another thing. And, you know, the professor then suddenly becomes your, your tech consultant. And we don't want that. We're just going to give it to you. We're going to have an external company that's going to service them and get you set up and all that kind of stuff. We're going to outsource that. And we're just going to focus on teaching you great courses in education. So is the idea then, and and just as background, I have been um, working with uh, Frank as a strategist on this project, but um, just as background, uh, is the plan then not to do this on like a Vive or a Samsung gear or something like that, but you're going to, um, you know, create your own technology in this, or will you be partnering with one of the current main players? Yeah, we're, we're, we're meeting with some of the current main players and you know, they know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> now, is anyone else doing VR school right now? I mean, is this like, because to me, this is a, a mind blow concept. And I was so excited when you talked to me about it. Is, is there is there school happening right now? Uh, yes, there is. There's a company called Eon Reality that I think are the leaders in this. And they're supplying it to something like 20 different uh, schools. So at Lehman College in the Bronx, for example, they're doing something, uh, I believe, with the business school there. And they're doing it at uh, colleges in the Midwest. And they're doing it in, in Finland. And they're doing it, I believe, in Mexico as well. And just, you know, kind of all over the place. And it's great that they're doing it. But again, zero at this moment zero col- uh, courses in uh, in new media education. God, that is so ironic that the newest media around is not teaching itself. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so the plan is then that you are going to be creating really a whole new model for education. Right. You know, I'm, I'm really uh, a pain in the ass at the film schools because I'm always on the periphery. I'm always on the cutting edge of stuff. So when I worked at USC, for example, there was a production department and there was a screenwriting department. And they were vastly different on different floors, different enrollments, different uh, chairs, blah, blah, blah. Right. And the students didn't really talk to each other. So you had the f- screenwriting students writing these brilliant short, you know, 10-page scripts, right? 
And then you had the production students who were making these really beautiful, well-directed 10-minute movies that had shitty scripts. Meanwhile, the screenwriting students weren't getting their work produced. So I said, you know, let's put some chocolate in the peanut butter here. Let's create a database (laughs) that you can enroll this you can you know log in the scripts to you know upload the scripts to and then the production students can search keywords and search genres and search metadata and then pick a script that's been carefully lovingly worked over for months and that took from i think 2005 four or five when i thought of it until about 2009 or eight to get it implemented so years, something like four years, just to get that obvious idea implemented. So schools move slowly, very slowly in this sort of thing. So you can't expect them to just turn on a dime and suddenly become new media schools, right? Right, right, right. That's why you've got to create it from scratch. And really disrupt the whole model. And then any category, right, of in, at a university could be taught this way eventually, right? I mean, I would think, I would love to, to take a class in that kind of environment. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, especially, I mean, if, you, if you're studying the ancient Greeks and you can snap yourself and now you're in a, you know, a, a, a inside of the Acropolis, for example, Right. right. That's fan- that's fantastic. I mean, and also, I, I think about it personally, like a lot of times I just can't leave the house because of childcare, you know, so I love the idea that I could still go to school. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, this could be revolutionary for, for moms um, and anybody else who's caretaking in, in some capacity. I got to um, tell you, I mean, my mom came to this country when she was, uh, at, 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 you know, in her early 20s and she struggled to uh, get just an associate's degree, as smart as she was, and boy, she's smart. Uh, she struggled to get an associate's degree because she had to take care of us three kids, and she would do her homework at the kitchen table, and uh, the only way that she was able to keep us quiet was by teaching her stuff to us, and Corinthian columns versus Roman columns, not as interesting to a five-year-old. Right. Well, Frank, we're going to take a break right now. Um, but that this is so fascinating. When we come back, we're going to hear a little bit about how Frank keeps up with all of this new stuff and, um, you know, where he's going to learn more. So we've been talking with Frank Chandamo, who is the chief content officer and the founder of the Virtual Film School, really Not disrupting heard. the Virtual Film School, disrupting the future of education on the Tech Cat Show. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Tech Cat Show. We've been talking about the future of education and education that would take place in a virtual reality environment with Frank Chandama, who is the founder and the chief content officer of the Virtual Film School. And um, Frank, we were just talking about this, but what are some of the courses that you envision in your film program inside of this VR environment? I'm going to answer that in one second, but just to avoid confusion, it's... uh it's yes, it is the virtual film school, but the website is virtualfilmschool.org because people are probably looking up .com right now and going, "There's no such thing." <laughs> so, so what what are some of those courses? Sure. Uh, well, you go intro to new media because you want to get the lay of the land. Then you do writing for new media because it's the easiest, cheapest thing to break into, and it's the fundamental for everything else. Then you start making webisodes. And now that you've made a series, you can then look at marketing and monetizing them, right? Then from there, you go on to building your brand, succeeding in social media, intro to new media business, uh, basic website and app building, podcasting, vlogging, live video, new media journalism, and uh, intro to virtual reality, intro to augmented reality. And then you do your capstone project. So that's two years. Wow, so this is really, uh, really fleshed out. Do you imagine this being sort of a, a living syllabus because new tech is coming out all the time? 100%. And, and will, um, are, do you envision having, you know, special teachers that do this since this is so new and, and you know, different? Yeah, we're going to pay the teachers a lot because they are our most valuable resource, right? Yes. Uh, so unlike most other film schools, we're going to pay them, you know, handsomely. And uh, that, you know, that's just, that's the most important thing, really, is just pay the teachers well. Right. And, and that's coming from your personal experience as someone who has taught in a variety of schools. It's just one of the weirdest things that our most precious commodity, our teachers, are, are not paid so well. Well, um, moving on to like how you keep up with this stuff, Frank, because this is really cutting edge and there are new things happening every day. And so I always like to ask my guests, you know, how are you keeping up with this? Like what conferences are you going to? Hey, Gavalt. Uh, <laughs> so I go to really just any gathering of people where I see that they're drinking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But, uh, no, I mean, my favorite conference is uh, Digital Hollywood, and that's twice a year, and I usually lead a panel or, you know, do something there. Um, I got the idea for this at the after party for Virtual Reality LA, VRLA, and uh, the other thing that I love is the events at the Academy, the Television Academy, where I will say that our host was recently elected 
Go on, Lori. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, uh, the, on the board now, a governor of the TV Academy. Thank you, Frank. But, but go ahead. So you do the TV Academy. So you're keeping your fingers in events that are related to content, to video, to anything that helps you get exposed to, to new content. Yeah. And if you want to look at the best of the new media content, I'm going to say that that's probably TubeFilter, uh, TubeFilter Magazine online, TubeFilter Events that are held in Los Angeles every three months. Uh, this week, it's going to be women in comedy on the web. Really looking forward to it. And and you dive into, you know, is your day, like so many of our successful interviewees have a, you know, sort of operationalized how they absorb all this content. Like every morning they read for an hour. Um, is, that, is that how you are? Or do you kind of absorb just along the day as different things come up? Um, I'm more, you know, follow the email chain chronologically because that mixes it up for me. If I was reading, you know, all newsletters or whatever straight for an hour, then I think the information wouldn't penetrate quite as well as if I broke it up. And are you still a novel reader, you know, reading books? Because um, I always thought books were old school just because things are changing so much. But are there good books out there that are keeping you going? Well, I think it's novel for anyone to read these days. <laughs> funny, so funny. In politics, that's for sure. <laughs> funny, funny. Um, but what, what are, are you reading anything in particular? Uh, my favorite new book, uh, well, besides my own, you want to plug? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Sure, fine. Uh, I'll get to my own in a minute, but my, uh, my favorite book about tech is uh, Rob Tersick's book called Vaporized. And, and what's that about? Uh, it is not about vaping, so I was a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about the vaporization of technology, how we are vaporizing everything from, you know, copper wire under the Atlantic Ocean that then became, you know, nine-pound satellites used for long-distance phone calls, right? Well, that copper got vaporized. Uh you know, we're going to be vaporizing drivers uh, in the next uh, few years, right? Yeah, so, yeah. You know, Rob's book is about those trends and that information. And it won a German book award and all that kind of stuff. I do like it. It's called Vaporized. Cool. And uh, Rob is always uh, speaking everywhere, I know, and, and sharing his insights and his thought leadership. And that, that's really what it's all about, you know, absorbing all of this stuff, right? He's a um, brilliant thinker to, to follow on Facebook. Um, now, when you when you are pitching this, right, when you're going out and talking to people about it, does anybody freak out? Is anybody like, that will never work or, you know, really push back on you a lot? Uh, well, they don't freak out when I plug my book. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. Plug your book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. That is the most shameless of self-promotions I've ever heard in my life. Well, I'm going to give you plenty of time to do that at the end uh, of the show. Uh, so why don't you, uh, let's get into some of this information so we can share it with, with our audience. So what what um, what kind of opposition are you meeting with? Because always when you're pitching a new platform or a new technology, to me, I've always experienced pushback because um, people are afraid of change. So, are, you know, who's the most receptive of the kinds of people you're talking to? Other professors or? Or yeah. technologists or, you know, who Professor, else? Are, yes, like, administrators, no. Professors, yes, because it gives them something new to teach in a new medium. So they dig it. Uh, administrators, no, because they're already busy doing work to administrate the current college. And anything I propose is just more work for them. 
right? Imagine having to suddenly create a new school at your existing school. It's just more work. They don't like it. And I understand why. That's right. why we form a new school. Right. So you're, and do you imagine that the, the uh, administrative staff for your school would not be people that have done this before that aren't professional administrative educators, you know, oh, because no. you're really blowing it up? Oh, no, we just have to get forward thinking people. So, for example, the dean of our school is Dean Peter Hawley, and he's uh, dean of education. He launched the Tribeca Flashpoint Academy, got that um, um, accredited. Then he was hired by Columbia College Hollywood. He helped them get their accreditation, uh, and then they let him go (laughs) 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 because they're not the best film school. Uh, uh, We've got Julian McRae who is a uh, phenomenal guy in VR. He's got a hit right now called uh, Flatline Experience, and he started as the new media guy for the Doctor Who show. Oh, wow, wow, wow. I didn't yeah. actually know that about him. Um, so so really, it's, it's all new people. It's new thinking. It's sort of, you know, really disrupting even, even the categories of how people make a living. Well, you know, we've got lots of new people, and we've got seasoned pros. Uh, Carmen Varela Russo is uh, a, a best friend of my mom's. They were teachers together in New York in the 1970s. And Karma went on to be the number two person at the Board of Education in the city of New York. Uh, she was a chancellor of the school system in Baltimore and then in Boca Raton, Florida. She's a senior education person that gets paid a lot of money to speak. And she is on our board as well, so Board of Advisors. So we're going with old established, smart people and new people, but they have in common that they are forward thinking and willing to try new things. Now, will you, will you be giving out degrees and will they have the same sort of academic rigor that, uh, you know, any degree would have in a regular school? Yes. Yes. Uh, in fact, um, our degree might be more valuable because it's, uh, it's a global degree, right? You have to compete and work with people from literally all over the world. Oh, that's right. That's so cool. So this is truly a global offering. Right. And, and, yeah, that's so cool. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Lori, let me just say, you know, on YouTube, for example, uh, 20% of your views are seen in your home country. 80% are seen abroad. Right, 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 right. I think people always forget that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, I'm creating a global school here, or we are creating a global school. All right. And and in terms of when you see this launching, is it going to be this year, next year? How long will it take to make this happen? It's going to be 2018. We're going to be rolling out in 2018. God, that is so, so exciting. Um, because, again, I want to take so many classes, but my, like, regular life doesn't let me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can see... This really revolutionizing everything. And certainly they're using um, VR in schools to just show content, you know, little bits of content, as you said, taking people and putting them in Roman amphitheaters and things like that. So this is right. really going to this is really going to blow education open in a whole new way. It's primarily being used for science, for engineering, for medical. You know, those are all great. But let me change the subject for one second and say this. If 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 any of you listeners are out there are educators or, 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 you know, business startup people or anything like that, and you're thinking of competing with us, 
Don't bother. You know why? We are believers in the idea that collaboration is the new competition. So call us, join us, come with us, help us, let us help you, and let's work together on this stuff. Because if you're listening to the Tech Cat Show with Laurie H. Schwartz, you are a forward thinker, and I want to know you and I want to work with you. All right, and on that note, we're going to take a break and let Frank really uh, promote himself in the next (laughs) segment. (laughs) So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. And we are back on the Tech Cat Show, and we are talking to Frank Chindamo, who is the chief content officer and also the founder of the Virtual Film School, a new model of education really taking place inside of virtual reality. So, Frank, where can we where can we find out more about um, the virtual reality school? Uh, go to virtualfilmschool.org. Great. And are you uh, tweeting or Instagramming or doing anything? Or right now, the website is the best place to start. The website is the only place right now because we're in stealth mode except to forward thinkers like you and your listeners. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and as you were saying, you have a book that you'd like to promote. So this is actually the moment in the interview that is a good time to do it. So what, what is the name of your book? I just heard like thousands of computers clicking to something else. <laughs> what, what is it called? It's called uh, YouTube Success in Five Steps. Is that is it basically about what you teach? Yeah, exactly. It's 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 the monetization component of uh, of my course, and and some some of the art as well. But it's it's about you know how to make money. And I you know I've got to ask you this before, but besides Freddie Wong, are there any other YouTubers and influencers that you really like and use as examples in your class when you're teaching? Um. Probably my favorite would be Philip DeFranco because he's giving you the news and I love hearing about the news, but he's giving it to you from a, you know, a 20 something point of view and a, uh, you know, 
a comedic point of view, a sarcastic point of view, a cynical point of view, uh, but above all, a point of view. This is his opinion, and you know it, and I like it. Well, that's great. Um, and lastly, I know that you are deeply involved with a really cool charity called LaughMD. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Oh, yeah. That's that's an exploitation of web video. It's a way to you know use web videos for the betterment of humanity uh, by putting comedy videos in hospitals because laughter is the best medicine. That's so cool. So you, so you're really the 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 way that you've built your career. You're really leveraging all pieces of it in a lot of different ways, which is so so interesting, right? Uh, yeah. Thanks. That's a, that's a nice way to put it. Now, do you think that um, that web video and YouTube is going to keep growing, or do you think that it will be sort of challenged with over the top kind of solutions as people expand the the type of way they engage in TV? No, it's, it's, it's a yes and. So, for example, uh, if you are lucky enough to get into Chapman University and go to the film school at Chapman University, first of all, your odds are 8 out of 10 that you won't get in, maybe 9 out of 10 that you won't get in, right? So if you're one of those 90% of students that don't get to go to Chapman or maybe somebody who couldn't afford it in the first place or couldn't come to the United States given our harsh, uh, you know, immigration policies these days, then you become a candidate for a virtual film school. And it's a yes and approach. Yes, go to Chapman. Yes, Chapman is great. It's the, of all the schools I've ever taught at, it's absolutely my favorite and the most forward thinking and the ones to, to, to make forward movements the quickest. So go there if you can, but if you can't for whatever reason, then, you know, that's what virtual film school is for. Right. I, and I'm sorry. I was, I was asking just, do you think that new platforms in the home are going to change YouTube consumption? So like all these, you know, like Apple TV and all these over-the-top players? Yeah. yeah. Do you think and you- it's going to be a yes and. There's going to be long. There's going to be short form. There's going to be this platform, that platform. You know, none of them are going to go away except maybe Snapchat, but m- maybe not. Uh, but, you know... The big players now are going to stick around for a while. We're going to have Netflix and Hulu for a while now, right? Probably forever. <laughs> forever? <laughs> That's such a long time. In the year 3000, Hulu will be just, uh, you know, an injection of comedy. <laughs> That's funny. Well, when you... Um have you been tracking this at all? And, you know, I didn't ask you this before, but this kind of fascinates me. But YouTube influencers and content creators sort of making the jump from YouTube to what is considered broadcast television. Oh, you know, absolutely. So- yeah, it's happening all the time. You know, uh, the Workaholics was a web series and then a Comedy Central series. Um, girls started out as web videos. Uh, Dear White People from Chapman University was... Uh, a brilliant script by Justin Simeon. Years, he's walking around Hollywood with this pile of paper and nobody will give him the money to make it. He makes a few web videos uh, around the topic of Dear White People and then people go, oh, I get it. Here's a million dollars. Wow. <laughs> I'd love to be handed a million dollars. And, and just, just to give some validity to, to the heart of, of what you're doing, you have some students that have become very famous, right? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Bernie Sue 
uh, was in advertising until he took my class, and now he's uh, got two primetime Emmys, um, five-second films, were in uh, my class at USC, and uh, they've been on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. They raised the money for their feature film on Indiegogo just from their fans in under 30 days, and then doubled it because the film got bought. <laughs> While it was on Indiegogo, that was pretty cool. And Freddie Wong, we already talked about. And just tons more that are doing so great. So cool. All right, so tell us again the website for the Virtual Film School. Uh, virtualfilmschool.org. There's no the on the website name. Okay, so they spell out the full, full name. And there people can find out how to reach you and how to get more involved um, with this fantastic idea. And do you, do you think um, VR developers right now are developing f- for platforms like you're talking about, education content? Oh, absolutely, positively. You know, there's so many schools that are doing it for, you know, engineering and med and, 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 and things like that. But uh, the content that we're going to be, you know, using is going to be stuff that we're going to be creating. So we'll create it and we'll use that as examples to make more and better of. But I think we're going to be the premier school for the creation of new media content moving forward. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking to Frank Chandamo, who is the founder and chief content officer and not a promoter at all of his own work (laughs) for the virtual film school, really disrupting the future of education and blowing up some traditional models to to help people learn. Um, So thank you so much, Frank, for joining us. I had a really great time. Lori H. Schwartz, you are so smart and so adept at this and uh, such a fun person to talk to. And also, if you're interested in taking Frank's class, you can um, check it out if you're in uh, the Los Angeles area at Chapman University. And of course, in another year, perhaps you can take his course in a virtual reality film film um, HMD, right? In a headset. Yeah, that'd be great. You'll be coming to us live on a headset soon. <laughs> This wasn't scary enough. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Lori H. Schwartz, your tech cat, coming to you with the fabulous Frank Chandamo, and we'll be back in a week with yet someone else possibly as fabulous as Frank. And also, um, just mention mention your book one more time. Uh, YouTube Success in Five Steps. If you go to www.youtubesuccessinthenumber5steps.com, it'll zing you right to the Amazon link. Fantastic. Thank you, everybody. See you next week, or actually talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 